This is Real Moms 2 Podcast. We are the podcast for the mom who is looking to connect with other relatable, empathetic, authentic, liberated moms. Welcome to your virtual mommy village. If you love what you hear, leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And if you really, really love us, leave a comment. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Real Moms 2. That's T-O-O. Hey everyone, it's Sia here, and I am here with Alana. Hey, happy quarantine. (laughs) So for us in Ohio, this is week three of being on our stay-at-home order. And while some of you are just being introduced to it, we are in the thick of it, praying our way through. But a lot of us moms and parents have been tasked with teaching our children because schools are closed. (laughs) So the reality is this is a new, this may be a new um, task for us. So we decided to bring on a mom who also happens to be my friend. Um, Chanel Smith is a mom of three and a former teacher. And she has a huge Instagram following of people just looking to her for tips. So we decided to bring her on the show so she can teach everyday moms and provide tips just how to get through this new task of teaching or instructing our kids. Um, I think you'll really enjoy this because she really shares some very practical tips and relatable tips that it really just breaks it down and makes it so much easier and it's not so daunting. So yeah, we hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks for tuning in. We want to also remind you that we are still practicing our social distancing. So again, everything that we're recording is remote so if you have a little sound trouble bear with us but stick with the episode because it's great content thanks for tuning in okay welcome to the show chanel thanks for joining us thanks for having me of course by the way guys this is my friend so i'm super excited to have her on the show alana you there you all right i'm here (laughs) It's been rough. Week rough three. for everyone. Week three for us in Ohio. Mm-hmm. So I don't far. even know like the days, the week. Like I really, my child's birthday is on Saturday. That's all I know. Like I don't know dates. Sometimes I don't know what the date is. <laughs> we just out here living. That part. Lord. Yes. So, like everyone else in the country, or most of the country right now, apparently some people are still getting just now receiving stay-at-home orders, which is crazy. Um, They are now introduced with homeschooling and e-learning. So that's why we have Chanel on the show, because she is a regular mom like us, but also doing this. But she's been doing it for a while, so she's not a newbie at this. Yeah, this is my life. And she's a former teacher, so she loves this kind of stuff. So it's better to have someone who's – has experience with teaching and parenting who can help us with this homeschooling stuff so and just a, just a disclaimer i am not what i would, would the normal person would call a homeschool mom i i supplement learning at home and i do have my three-year-old at home um half of the day so both of my kids go to school right now but i do supplement a lot of learning stuff at home and then there were times in our lives where I was homeschooling, I guess you would say homeschooling full-time, but mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not a traditional like full-time 
homeschool, like all year round mom. That's not me, but I do uh, know. <laughs> I have a lot of resources and, and I do do a lot of learning stuff at home with my kids. So, so since you started that, tell our audience a little bit about yourself. Um, my name is Chanel. I am a former teacher. I taught fourth grade for three years and a little bit of third grade. Um, my husband was a professional athlete. He's now retired, but we've been in four different cities um, in the last eight years. So we do a lot of moving. Um, we have three kids. I have a five-year-old who's in kindergarten, a three-year-old and a one-year-old. So life is so much fun. Um, but we are finally settled back in Maryland. So my kids are in school and um, we finally have a structured life for once. So. Okay, so you mentioned that you don't necessarily consider yourself a homeschooler, but as you know, with us all being cooped up in the house, not being able to go out, um, a lot of us parents are kind of taking on that homeschooling type of role, parents right. as teachers type of role. So do you have any tips or advice on the type of approach parents should take when it comes to trying to make sure that their kids are still learning and they don't fall behind the curve? Right. Um, I think the biggest thing is there's no one way to do it. Um, I've been seeing a lot of things circulate about just different perspectives. Some people are saying like, don't try to teach your kid at all. You're not a teacher. This is not your job. This is not what you're licensed to do. Um, just have fun with your kids. Let them be creative. Let them draw. Let them learn life skills. And then I have some people and some of my son's friends, moms who are like, full-blown looks like school in their in their house every single day and so I think it really just depends on where you fall there's some moms who are still and parents who are still having to work during the day so they can't do a full-blown classroom day um, so I feel like my approach it was initially what do I know that my child has already struggled with throughout the year um, I tried to pick a couple topics a couple standards that are always on your your kids uh what's it called, the, the homepage for their school district, there should be a list of standards of what they should know, my kids in kindergarten. So what should my child know by the end of kindergarten? And I just picked two or three things that I know either he's struggling with or that they haven't learned yet um, and just focus on those topics. Um, another thing is just review. Review can really help. There's a lot of kids who have been struggling either with reading or with math. You don't have to reinvent the wheel and do something completely new. Just go over things that they've worked on throughout the year that you know they need you know, help on. Um, another thing that I'll say is follow the teacher's leads. I know for me, our district has literally not sent out much at all. Um, wow. They have them doing things like count the windows in your house. And I'm like, all right, that'll take all of five minutes. Um, <laughs> so I'm trying to be patient with the process. But um, so right now we're just doing a lot of writing, a lot of exploring. Um, like I said, I, I looked up a couple standards like um, TJ struggles with word problems. And so we've been doing a lot of work with word problems. Um, the biggest thing to know is you don't have to be a full-blown teacher. Like you don't have to have a whole day. First of all, for homeschooling in general, and, and I know a, homes a lot of homeschool moms know this, the things that the kids do in a day in school, we can get done in like an hour at home. Yes, yeah. I figured that out. And it was, it's, that saved my life when I realized that. Yeah, it's like you try to you think that they're going to be going all day long. I'm like, I can get this lesson done in 15 minutes with one child. Yeah. Um, and so just pick a couple date, couple time frames throughout the day. I do like 15 minute sessions where I'm teaching them actually like hands on 
teaching them and then they're doing something independently and the rest of the day is like fun and hands-on stuff yeah so i think the biggest thing for parents now too is like give yourself time to figure it out like everyone tried to jump right into like oh my gosh what am i gonna do your kid's gonna be fine like you can take a week or two to just really act like it's spring break <laughs> really just have some fun take time to find your resources there's so many things online like google is a lifesaver you can find anything on google um but give yourself time to really just come up with a plan what do you want it to look like do you want it to look like their classroom do you want them to have something every minute of the day which is kind of intense um or do you want it to be more flexible i think you got to really figure out what you want to get out of the situation and what you have time for um another thing is resources a lot of people don't have a lot of resources um and so using what you have online there's so many different like museums and zoos that are doing free online videos and little lessons for the kids my kids haven't really gotten into them like the online <laughs> learning thing for my kids is really a struggle i i try to sit tj down to watch like online story times and stuff like that and he's like yeah mom this is not working for me <laughs> um, so you gotta you gotta see what what works for your kids um but the biggest thing for us is structure um I saw, I saw like a different, a bunch of different templates that people send out. Like this is a daily schedule. Our schedule is structured in a way that it's not overwhelming, but it works because my kids know at the, around this time, this is what we're doing. Um, we do reading in the morning. Uh, then we do some type of art. We go outside and play for like 45 minutes. Then when they come back in, they have lunch and there's a two hour window where don't bother me. Like, do something independently, you need to read, you can do play games, anything that doesn't require a mess, my kids can do during that two hour window. And I think that's so important, especially for parents who are still working, like you need some time where the kids know, at this time, this is, it's not appropriate to come in my room unless it's an emergency, you know, asking me for something that you can get yourself or, you know what I mean? So those structures really, I go crazy. I literally go crazy without schedules. Um, and I know some people are like you you shouldn't have like such a rigid schedule. Like if I don't have a schedule and we're freestyling, my house is a mess. Girl, like physically, yeah. it, like there's stuff everywhere. And then my kids are always like every five minutes, what can we do? What can we do? Um, and so, yeah, I think creating a schedule is really important. So number one, give yourself time to figure it out. Number two, create some type of schedule, but be flexible. Like yesterday I didn't, I fell asleep and I didn't get done what I needed to do. And so we're like, you know what? Today is going to be a little different. Like, y'all go outside. We're going outside for 45 minutes while I figure out what we're going to do in the afternoon. So that's the beauty of homeschooling. It, it's really flexible. Um, I think another thing is, too, just getting in the, the routine. Of, first of all, most schools are sending out some type of plan. Have you yeah. ever seen and I, So I will say I, my kids are in the largest district in the state. And so it's majority urban a lot of poverty and i am very very proud of them but what i realized really? and i hope parents realize as well is sometimes we do have a little more power than we think if there's something you need you have to voice it and i was Absolutely. very upfront like hey i have three kids in the district you think i got three laptops at home and another one for my husband to work on i don't and so mm -hmm. they put out a survey good on their their part but they did end up putting down a survey like what do you need what and it was like food and some of it oh, was wow. we need some people needed um laptops and so now 
I don't know how they found the funds, but the money is there, y'all. Sometimes the money is there. The money been there. Exactly. They just have to reallocate it. So mm -hmm. they were able to uh, allow one one laptop per household. So And that's important, too. You said one laptop per household. That's where that structure comes in. So when I'm doing, for example, when I'm doing my reading lessons, like I take, I do something together with everyone and then I'll take Cam first for 15 minutes and TJ can be on the computer doing his whatever online assignment he has. And so having a schedule, it work, you know, if you only have one laptop or one iPad, whatever the case may be. So you mentioned that you have more than one child. What's the, how many are home? I mean, in this, like school age kids, two. And two of them. And so mm -hmm. how is that with managing? Okay. I had a kid in third grade. I got a kid in kindergarten. Then I got this two year old that I'm trying to play. <laughs> so the one year old, she's, she's, she freestyles. Like she literally does what she wants, which is a problem. But um, for the most part, one thing that I learned from teaching, I had a class where I had kids who were like two grade levels below reading and I had some gifted and talented kids in my class. Um, and so I got really good at differentiating instruction. And so what I do for Cam and TJ, I come up with themes or I find themes online because there's so much stuff online. So right now we're doing bugs. And so um, everyone's lesson is, is centered around bugs, except I, you know, I can make it a little Cam and a little harder for TJ. And so that's helped me a lot with planning, at least. I have the same theme, the same topic, and now I can say, okay, Cam needs this, TJ needs that. And I do like small groups. And so, like I said, I'll pull Cam first because he can't do anything independently without me instructing him first. So I'll usually pull Cam first, and then I'll teach him his little letter sounds, whatever we're doing the, of the day. TJ, I'll send him off to write because he's independent. He's, he's, he'll be sick Saturday. And so he'll be writing for 15, 20 minutes on his own. And then we'll switch. I'll give Cam an activity where he can do on his own. He's only three. So you got to know it has to be something that's going to keep a three-year-old's attention. Usually I have him like tracing letters or making something like some type of art. Um, that's a good time to give him the iPad because that keeps kids busy for the most part. But just structuring it where you teach them something together and then you break out and you say, you know what, you go over here and this is what your assignment is. And then, you know, you can switch. And so that's worked really well for us. And then Corey, like I said, Corey gets in where she fits in. I try to keep her occupied as much as possible. Um, I'm blessed to have my husband home right now. So she gets kicked out of school daily. <laughs> <laughs> and Corey takes her down and entertains her. But um, for the most part, it, it works out. We get interrupted every once in a while. But it's once you create that structure and that routine, the kids know what their expectations are. Um, and what the routine is every single day, they get used to it and they, they buy into it, I guess you can say. And they do know if you don't do what you're supposed to do, the fun stuff that we have planned afterwards is not going to happen. And so I think just that structure and those schedules are really important. And for the younger they get, don't think that you can, I get a lot of questions about how long I spend with Cam. He's three. Cam's lessons are literally five to 10 minutes long, max. A kid his age is not sitting down for 20 minutes listening to you or doing like flashcards. Like if you don't do something hands-on, the kids will they'll just be completely bored. Mm -hmm. um, and so keeping those time frames smaller for the younger kids. And then, like I said, with someone like TJ, he can work independently for 15, 20 minutes at a time. And then we take breaks and then we do something learning and take breaks. So that, that works for us in our house. 
So you mentioned a lot about um, doing what works for you. But yeah. what happens if like your kid has like a learning an area that they're struggling in or they've been like a teacher was doing more hands-on with just that child or there's just a concept that one you don't know how to explain or they don't understand how do you handle those type of situations so for that happens often especially when I'm I'm working my sister's here as well she's in seventh grade I'm like reteaching myself math all over <laughs> it's crazy I'm like did we learn this but the one, I always go to Google first, um, <laughs> especially with math. Like there's so many websites, like Khan Academy is amazing. Yeah. You can literally mm -hmm. find anything you need on there um, math wise. But if I can't find the answers myself, reach out to your resources. Like most people know someone who is a teacher. Like my friend, I have a bunch of teacher friends, but one of my close friends, Olivia, she's a first grade teacher and TJ is doing first grade work basically. And so I'll sh shoot her a text really quickly. Um, how do you teach this? And she'll send me either a video or give me a little tutorial. Um, but you have to, you have to be in communication with your teachers, uh, your students, teachers, your kids, teachers, and the staff, especially if there's a need. A lot of parents don't know. I I'll give my, without saying too much, there's not a lot of communication between the school and, and, and us as parents. And I, went to the PTA meetings and I, you know, these are things that I'm advocating for my kids. Like I need to know what they're doing yeah. in school. And I know my child's not struggling, but what about the kids who are struggling? Mm -hmm, are their, their parents know before report cards come out that, that they're struggling in reading or writing or whatever the case may be. So you have to really be hands-on. You should be in constant communication with your, your child's teachers. Even if you feel like they're, they're thriving in school. Like I still go in for conferences. I still ask questions. And right now, I think a lot of teachers are making themselves really available via email. So if there's something that you don't understand, email a teacher. If you still can't get it, just find something else to teach them. Like the worst thing you can do is teach your child the wrong way. Mm -hmm. I used to have kids come into my class like, well, my mom my said, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, um, there's, there's more than one way, but this is the way, you know, they're teaching kids very like, specific, in a specific way these days. And so like a lot with the Common Core. You can't just like be like, I'm just going to freestyle this or I'm going to wing it because kids can develop really bad habits that way. And so I know one of the major things that a lot of people ask me about teaching your kids how to read and a lot of parents are teaching their kids how to memorize. Yes. And it's, it's so tough because I'm like, I know you're trying to do the right thing and you're, doing something is better than doing nothing. But that type of habit where kids are just memorizing things or not really understanding rules and patterns, that could really set them back when they go into the classroom. They have to, you know, they come across a word that they don't know and they're like, I, I just don't you know. Don't know how to it. Sound out. Yeah. Or they'll play you. You hear about kids all the time who make it to seventh, eighth, ninth grade mm -hmm. and they don't know how to read. And you're like, how did you get this? Memorize. They memorize it. Because yeah. our kids are very intelligent and I don't think we give them, we don't think that they have the capabilities to do that. My four-year-old is the same way. I have to really remind myself, like Raylan is very intelligent and she will play us if we allow her to. So we're going to really have to stay on top of her because she'll yep. just memorize it. And you'll be like, oh, look at that big girl. And you're like, wait, she don't really know. Right. <laughs> and that, that's, it's so serious though. I know a lot of people who, I like I see them posting their kids reading and 
And I'm like, this is, it's great that more people care about their kids' education. Like everybody's like, how can I make my kid? And the other thing is too, not every kid's the same. So like with TJ, TJ learned how to read when he was probably like three, three, I guess around Cam's age, around three. But he, his reading is like crazy. Like he's on a different level with reading. But, and so when I took him to school, his teacher was like, you know, we just want to make sure he knows the patterns. He's a lot of kids come in school reading, but they're just memorizing. And I'm like, oh no, he's like, I taught him the actual patterns, but I had that background knowledge. Not every parent has that background knowledge to teach their kids patterns and stuff like that. Google is, is, is your friend, but if you don't feel like you're capable of doing that, just reading to your child daily is a big deal. Reading to them, asking them questions, having them engage in reading, because I know for me, I didn't like reading, but I also didn't have a lot of books at home. Like it wasn't a part of my everyday life. And so just getting your kids in the habit of exploring books and talking about books, that's, that's a big deal too. You don't have to feel like you have to be this amazing teacher who's teaching your kid how to read at four years old. So you talked about that you guys do a lot of fun things, whether yeah. it's during the two hour break or even just incorporate it in your learning style. What are some fun activities or fun uh, tasks that you encourage your, your, I was about to say your students. Your, your I know students. I keep saying students too. <laughs> That's the teacher. Y'all. No, <laughs> but Tori calls me his teacher. So <laughs> um, we do so much. I think, I think that's really what has made a difference with my kids is that everything we do is for a reason. It's not like I'm picking these random topics that has nothing to do with their lives. Everything that they do is either something they're interested in or something that they're going to like encounter in life in general. And so, and that helped with my students. I had a lot of really like on the lower end students academically. And the only way that I can get them to learn is to relate it to their lives. So the more you can be authentic and do like things that really are a part of their lives, the, the easier the learning is going to be. And so right now we're doing, we can't, we're quarantined. So we have our house and our backyard to explore. And so the first week we, we talked about plants and because we're getting our landscape done, like this is, our house is being finished. But um, so we talked about plants. The kids are outside, like in the grass, in the dirt, at the pond, near the trees. Like they're exploring hands-on what we're learning. So we learn about it. They can literally go outside and see it. Then they can plant their own plants. And so everything is hands-on. Everything is connected. All their math problems, I connect it back to the, the plants. So everything is connected to that theme. Last week we did, um, last week we did bugs. And this week we're doing birds. So everything we're doing is things that they can go outside and explore. So the more you can be hands-on, scavenger hunts, if you have little ones, scavenger hunts are so much fun. You can literally teach them their, the letters and be like, go outside, find something that starts with the letter A. And then you're, you know, you're walking around the backyard looking for something that starts with the letter A. And so all those hands-on things are, are going to be fun for your kids. Flashcards, worksheets. I mean, did you like doing flashcards and worksheets when you were young? <laughs> They're so boring. And here's real quick. If you're going to do worksheets, because I know a lot of people, that's all they have. They only have, they, they have work to do, so they need to send their kid and do worksheets. If you're going to give them a bunch of worksheets, at least check them. Because once the kid realizes, like, I'm doing this for no reason, my, my teacher or my mom is not even grading it or looking over it, they're going to half do it, or they're going to be completely bored because they're like, I'm literally doing this for no reason. Kids are smart. 
So if you're going to give a bunch of worksheets, at least act like you're grading them. <laughs> give them some feedback. You might have to put a star on it, at least. Sometimes that's where <laughs> Something. That's a good time to have the working at home parents. So what I'll do is if I have the kids do a lesson like that, that's on a worksheet, I'll have my husband review it. Yeah. Review it because I don't want to. I already did all the teaching. <laughs> the most he can do is review the dang. <laughs> the worst is when kids do work and it's just sitting there and they're like, so I'm basically doing this every, all these papers every day for you just to take them and not even look at them. So. <laughs> this is all super, super helpful because I am, Elia will be three in like a week and a half. And I'm oh. like, I know it's crazy um but to think about like because so her school was like you could continue to pay for daycare we'll have this e-learning thing and I was like "Mm, at least they gave you the option we gonna take her out because I could probably do it myself I think they're just trying you know they're just trying to make they have to it is what so but then when you think about it it's like well shoot what am I gonna do and listening to you it's like well sure I got this I mean it's not like we don't do learning things but she like you could tell like being in school and being the only child she's learned so much just from her peers she already was pretty smart before we sent her to school but now like you could tell like oh you can start to see how she's progressing I'm like I really don't want her to lose that so this is encouraging to just google age appropriate things because sometimes I think you start to get overwhelmed when you just think about it not even doing it just thinking about it like uh it's I don't know what I was supposed to do <laughs> there's this woman there's this lady called her name is I stumbled across there's a million and one Instagram pages with like former teachers who are now stay-at-home moms that create curriculums and stuff like that but there's this woman her name is Mrs. Plemings and she's on Instagram and she has a website Mrs. Plemings Kindergarten she has for three-year-olds, four-year-olds, five-year-olds, like she has the most, the easiest to follow curriculum, really hands-on. Everything has like a theme, the theme of the week. Uh, she incorporates math, she incorporates reading. And so just something simple like that to follow, it'll be super fun for the kids. Yeah. So before we go, um, parents that are doing this, and they're like, okay, I'm, I'm working from home, but what happens when I go back to work and my schedule is full? What is your advice to them? Because they're like, this sounds good in theory. One, she's a former teacher, so she probably has more knowledge than me. And then two, I'm still working. So once I go back to work or even just now, what is your advice to them while they're trying to tackle both tasks? I think the biggest thing, that's why I kind of said in the beginning, you have to do what works for you. Um, the biggest thing is I think a lot of parents are seeing now like, oh, crap, I wasn't as hands on as I could have been in the beginning mm-hmm. with my child. And so now they're like so into it. And I know a lot of parents are really enjoying it. Some parents are not. But stay in tune with what your child is learning. So for me, it wasn't a big shift because I already knew what TJ was struggling on in school. I already knew what he was learning in, in class. So for me to switch over, it wasn't very hard. But that's because I was emailing teachers like, I I made sure she let me know what they were learning that week. And so it wasn't a big shift for me. Um, The biggest thing is be an advocate for your child. Um, Make it fun. Make things fun when you can. Even I have a lot of parents who say, like, I don't have the time. After school, like I said, my lessons are, what, 10 minutes, 15 minutes max. There's always something that you can be doing just to check in on your child and make sure that they are where they need to be. Nothing's worse than being blindsided and, like, 
oh crap, I didn't know my child was really struggling this much. Um, and just be nice to yourself. You, no one's expecting you to be his teacher, his or her teacher. We expect you as teachers to encourage them at home, to um, emphasize the things that we're working on in school, like your support system. And that's all we need you to do is support. We don't expect you to be like full blown teaching your child all the things that, you know, it's our job to do. So um, be nice to yourself, be patient with yourself, take some time to figure out what you want it to look like, even over like the summertime. I know a lot of parents are, this is going to, for me, is going to go all the way through the summer. So mm-hmm. just decide what types of things you're going to do as a family, make it fun, play games, read, 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 read. I won't say that enough. Um, it's important. Just keep reading with your child. Um, but other than that, just be patient. There's nothing, no one's expecting you to be, stay off of Instagram because <laughs> I know I realized I was posting my videos and I'm like, this could be really overwhelming for someone who's not a natural teacher to look at my page and be like, this is what I should be doing with my child. Like, no one's expecting you to be a, a full-blown certified teacher in two weeks. So um, do what you can, do what's best for your child. And I guess that's all that I, that's all that I can really say about it. Well, thank you, thank you so much. Um, before you go, tell people if they do want to reach out to you, uh, where they can find you. Uh, my Instagram is Chanel Smith 22 underscore. I think that's my Instagram name. It is. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I will tag it in the show notes so that you can find her. But thank you so much for coming on and giving advice to parents. I think the reality is we're all moms and we're all trying to figure this thing out. So it's helpful when it's like a, a mom, not like somebody like that's an instructor yeah. or principal I know. telling for you me, what to do. It literally is overwhelming. You think about when you become a first parent and everyone has the the right way to breastfeed or feed your child, the right way to, like, there's so many different people who are judgmental and are like, this is the way it should be. This is the way it should look like. If you're like that, like, I'm not the page for you, for sure. Because I do things <laughs> that, you know, maybe, maybe it doesn't work in your house, but it works for me. So I always say, do what works for you. Do what works for your family and just ignore, I guess, the outside noise. Yeah. Thank I you agree. so much. No um, problem. Thank you for having me. Check out her Instagram, y'all. It's, 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 it's refreshing. It's enlightening. And it, at worst case scenario, at least get some ideas from her. Yeah. So you can't, you can't be mad at that for sure. Um, stay safe. Have fun. Don't, don't, don't go too crazy. Well, this is Alana P, and I'm here with my favorite co-host, CSC, and this is Real Moms 2. Bye.